Welcome to Button Chops, the podcast where two miserable millennials from Northern England ask, what's the crack with video games? My name's Chris. And I'm Matthew. <laughs> you all right, mate? <laughs> I thought about doing that noise there. And then I was like, no, stop it, stop it. <laughs> just, just do it. Don't be stupid. Give the, give the people what they want. Noises. <laughs> it's like a really confident pigeon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This week we're going to be talking about Resident Evil Village, the newest installment in Capcom, 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 <laughs> long running, ruggy, <laughs> fuck, the newest installment in Capcom's long running prestige horror series, selling a mind boggling 3 million copies in only four days. The game launched to acclaim with a Metacritic store of 84 at the time of writing and has broken records on both Steam and Twitch. Everybody's bloody talking about Resident Evil 8 and its giant vampire mummy. And now we are too. <laughs> I wrote that. Everybody on the internet calls a like giant vampire mummy. It's like a like a meme. Yeah, big lady. But mummy in like a Northern England accent just sounds fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> mummy. Giant vampire mom. That's what we, that's what we call it. That's what we call moms or mums up in in the north of England. It's mam. Our big vampire mam. <laughs> Our big vampire mam. <laughs> uh, right, before we get started, as ever, please go and leave a five-star review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be posting full episodes and video clips. And follow us on our social media at, at @buttonchopspod. That, that bit's done. <laughs> Right, we're going to talk about the game now. This is the first. This is this is the first time um, we've talked about a new game that we both played. Yeah, no, it's exciting, isn't it? I'm excited. I'm excited to tread tread waters together, holding hands across Zoom, delve into the big mucky deep of Resident Evil Eight together, tackling some really big questions together. Like, yeah, is it good? How's the gameplay? <laughs> the only questions that matter. What are the spoilers? <laughs> We're gonna get to the fucking spoilers. I got I got stuff to say about the spoil on the spoiler side. Um yeah, so we'll 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 break it up into like a spoiler and non-spoilery chat. We're doing non-spoilers first, are we? Yeah. Before we get it before we kind of go that way though, um like what how many what's your history like with Resident Evil like you're a are you a big Resident Evil fan? Uh, I think like when I was a teenager, I was classing myself as a massive Resident Evil fan. I played two and three uh, when P when I was old enough to have a PS2, but I actually had them on PS1, but I just could never play them. I was too scared mm. to uh, play past like the first two backgrounds. So especially the horror of it was especially more prevalent in like how it's like a static JPEG background, and then you had to like navigate out of the background. Um, yeah. and I'd be like, if I go up there, there's going to be a zombie knocking about. So I just very rarely could navigate out of it. I remember Resident Evil 3 like, starting in like the alley and I just couldn't really get out of the alley. I have like faint memories of being at like my parents, friend's house. Like my dad's mate always used to get like loads of pirated PlayStation games yeah. <laughs> and he, he, 
he had Resident Evil 3 and I think I played a little bit of it or maybe I watched him play it um, and I just had like nightmares for like a week. Yeah, it's terrifying. And, uh, I don't think my mom would ever let me get a Resident Evil game. Mm. Uh, so I just, I just didn't even, I didn't even play them like the original ones apart from like, I don't know, some brief flirtations with it where I was like in the room when someone else was playing it. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, like I didn't. And then, and then I like, I think we had Resident Evil 4 because I have memories of like coming home from school and my dad playing it, <laughs> like going into the living room and my dad sitting on the sofa playing Resident Evil 4. You weren't, you weren't too scared of that, were you? I didn't play it. Yeah. I just wasn't interested at that point. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I remember like watching him play because I think as well, like it was noticeably not like the original ones, mm. even as somewhat like just someone like, casually kind of watching who wasn't really that in resident evil mm -hmm. like i could just tell it was a different kind of game yeah well i think i think um i think pe people struggled with that at the time like i really liked it when it came out and i think it's grown on people over time but mm. i think when it came out people were struggling with the idea that uh the t-virus wasn't um going to be zombies you know and I think yeah. over time, especially with this game, you're seeing that it's like justifying its existence across different like mutations. Uh, yeah. By the time everyone's like, "What well, fuck's this all about?" Like it's just crazy people in the outback in some outback village. Was it? The, I think it was the last Plagueis. Yeah, the last Plagueis. Yeah. Um, and it was just like you know, tentacles coming out of people's heads, and like they're a bit wacky, yeah. trying to stab you with pitchforks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think like that was kind of my impression. Was like, why doesn't this have zombies in it? I thought it was Resident Evil. Like, yeah. this village is supposed to be zombies. Like, what's going on? Mm. Um, which I mean, like, I was a fucking stupid little shit mouth kid at that time, so I just didn't get it. But from like the kind of vantage point of history now, like looking back, like that was obviously the right move. And that game yeah, is like just like was a hit, like a smash hit. It's on like every console ever now. Yeah. yeah. Um. I have played Resident Evil 4 now. So, like, I I jumped into Resident Evil properly with Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yeah. Where I remember watching the trailer and just being like, holy shit, like, that actually looks incredible. Um, and even though I never really played the old Resident Evils, like, it made me sort of have that, like, that gut nostalgia for, like, 90s PlayStation games. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, even though it's, like, a modern game, it's still... It has that vibe of like a nineties, uh, like a nineties game. Yeah, it's quite. It's got still like in quite its a DNA. restrictive vision, I think. Like it's really, it's a really, really good game, but it doesn't try and like outdo itself. It's quite like limited, which I think is quite telling about the PlayStation hardware, where it's just like this is just in this area. We're just in the police station, and you expand out there. Uh, and you've also, I think, even the backtracking and things like that were probably implemented just so, so they didn't have to keep making new levels. But it turned out to be like a really good decision and something that people people really appreciate about the old ones. Like backtracking is just like a thing that games used to do because of like, I don't know, the, the, the constraints in development. But I always thought I like backtracking in games because it, it allows you to kind of build a relationship with an environment like a map and you come to like know the the place that or the game's occurring in in like an intimate way mm. but also you can recontextualize all of the environments for like new things that happen in the plot you know mm. like new like boss encounters or mini boss encounters or whatever they decide to put in mm. i've always been a big fan of that sort of thing i think that's 
kind of why maybe why Resident Evil 2 struck a chord with me so much because like it came out and I mean we're still in this now but like in a kind of time where like big blockbuster games are quite often like AAA open world titles with just like endless amounts of stuff just like stuffed into it and like that was like a very small game but with like a huge amount of replayability Mm. Yeah, and it was also the atmosphere because I mean, like, re- I, I I couldn't get past like the uh, the RPD for like the first like year that I had the game because I was too scared. Yeah, I remember you had it, you got it before me, and I remember you, I remember I got it, and I was like, "Oh, have you played Resident Evil Two Remake yet?" And you were like, "Yeah, I got like almost the series and stopped playing." So <laughs> it was too much. It was so <laughs> stressful. Like, I mean, in retrospect, it's not scary at all. But like, I think like for a first time player who's never played a Resident no. Evil, like the, it's just dripping in atmosphere. And like, I think the one thing more than any other Resident Evil game I've played, I think like you can like brick a playthrough on Resident Evil 2 by like using too much ammo in an early part of the game because the it's really yeah. unforgiven with like resources and stuff. And, and like, yeah. I... I played through Resident Evil 7 in full before this came out. Uh, Resident Evil 8 came out. Like, I'd, I'd started it, but I'd played so much. I'd been on, like, a binge of Resident Evil 2 and the 3 remake, and I played Resident Evil 4, so when I got to 7, I was a bit burned out, and I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. Mm. So I just replayed Resident Evil 7. That's That's... You can just waste ammo in that game, and you'll still you'll still get through it. Yeah, and that's like that has scarce resources, but I think Resident Evil Two remakes like on a different level. Like it's it, you can really just like burn through everything in that game, and I think that's what stressed yeah. me out so much less than just purely that I found it scary. It was kind of like I'm scared of making a mistake because like I think I've like I probably already like bricked a playthrough at one point, mm. you know. Yeah, so. I couldn't. I couldn't do the um, the. I think it was the second to last um, Mr. X encounter, the one where you you've got ah, you said it's like a round room and there's a, a bit of ammo uh, in like slight corners near electricity covers or something. But um, it was when I got to there, I had to get to the point where like if I missed any, if I missed like a couple of shots or if I hit him in the body too too many times rather than the head. I didn't have enough ammo to kill him. Plus I was dealing with like only the health that was available in that room. And I think there was like one yeah. first aid spirit. So I had to like avoid him relentlessly, but also like p- have perfect shots with like every bullet yeah. I had to get through. It took me, I reckon it took me about 15 times, which like, to be honest, like it is cool. That it does that. But at the time for me and that unique one, I was, I thought it was a bit punishing because it was my first playthrough and I was really excited for like the rest to see where it was going as the momentum picked up and i was just like i'm stuck on this boss because i don't have enough like ammo so it was it was maybe a bit unfair in that particular instance but also it was my own fault for pissing around with my ammo wasn't it yeah but i mean (laughs) you can be forgiven for it because i mean like with resident evil 2 like you shoot you can shoot a zombie in the head like 10 times and it still doesn't die yeah you know like that was another thing that i think just ratcheted up the the tension in it to like an unbearable degree is like i can't even kill the enemies in the game 
you know? Yeah, and you had to leave some of them yeah. as well and just be like, well, I'll just leave them in the corridor. And then when you were backtracking, there was like another one plus like a brain liquor. You don't You don't know <laughs> that going in though because like conventional like game logic is like, oh, there's an enemy, you should kill it, you know? And mm. you're actually in a lot of situations better off just like running past things and just trying to avoid them. Um, and like on subsequent playthroughs, like I learned that and got better at the game, but... Like on a first one, it's just like, it's just horrifying. <laughs> it does, yeah. it does horror so well. Other than the remakes, I went, I got five and it came out and it was all right. I didn't really see the bad side of it at the time, but I think it was like 14, 15. So like, didn't really develop proper taste by that point. Uh, but six was shit. I still remember how bad six was when I was at uni. <laughs> I bought it and actually traded it in the next day. I played for a bit and I was just like, this is ass. The next day? It was like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I'm not playing it. It, it reminded me of like, there was a game out, out at the time called like Lost Planet, which was a Capcom game where you just fought, fought like these huge um, monsters. And the, even the UI and everything was very like action based and like, wow, epic, yeah. Here's loads of bullets. Whoa, yeah, sick. It was quite like that. They did have the, they did have like a, a mansion section, which I think you play as with Leon, which is a Resident Evil 2 homage, but it was still a bit shit. And I was just like, I'm not playing this. And then I just it never got back into it, but they didn't really put out much until 7. And I like 7, so... Yeah, I love 7. It's it's maybe my second favourite that yeah. I've played. Like, obviously, I well, I've just bought the uh, the Resident Evil Origins collection for PS4, which is like the, the GameCube remake of Resident Evil and Resident Evil Zero. So I really, I'm looking forward to play those because these will be like the first like um, like pre-rendered background, like original style Resident Evil games I've played. You're going to get that good voice acting. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> like if the voice acting is quite as bad in the remake as it was in like the original one. Played it and it's, I think it's pretty much the same. Really? It is really weird, but it's kind of funny. It, like you'll, you'll appreciate it. Mm. It's sort of like, it just feels like weirdly out of place. <laughs> it's kind of like comical. <laughs> I've watched like videos of like the original cutscenes and stuff, like the Jill sandwich thing, and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like I'm well, I'm well aware of it. But uh, yeah, so Resident Evil Eight. So you're you're more of a veteran than I am, and I've played a handful. I've played the best Resident Evil games, really, bar and like the first one. Mm. Because I think all of the ones that I haven't played are generally considered to be like not really that good. Yeah. Um, apart from like the original, original ones, like I would like to play the original Resident Evil 2 and 3, but I don't know. I might, I might not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Um, so non-spoilers, let's do the non-spoilers bit. Probably going to be pretty brief because I don't know. It's just a game that demands, a spoilery, spiffery, spoilery chat, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I think I think if people want to know how great some of the mechanics are, there's plenty of other strong reviews. Plug them. Plug yeah, them. yeah, we're, <laughs> we're literally like the bottom of the pile of like people's opinions. <laughs> the, the, the value when it comes to Resident Evil 8. They're, com- they're coming here to know how many Greg's pasties we ate in between the story sections. Oh man, I'm, I'm trying to lose my lockdown weight so I haven't had a Greg's pasty in ages and it's fucking killing me. <laughs> I'm, for, I'm 40 minutes away from my nearest Greg's. Oh yeah, it's bad you, that, isn't it? you live in the cursed south though, so <laughs> the fucking wasteland. 
<laughs> there's no there's no Greg style in there. None. Um right. So what did you think? I Resident Evil 8. You finished this like yesterday, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, also a bit of background. We were meant to do this yesterday, but one of my cables broke. And I did it in the afternoon before doing the podcast, getting all pumped, like, oh, this is sick. Gonna go do the podcast and it broke. And I was like, nah. It was gonna be so fresh in your memory, and now it's but just it, only a bit fresh in your memory. <laughs> now it's yesterday when I finished it. Um <laughs> But I, over, overall, I thought this game was like really, really good. Um, it's for me as someone who really liked Resident Evil Four and used to play it over and over and over again. This really hit like a, got a nostalgia bonus point for me, where I, I was like getting around the the village section and there was all of these new ga- the gameplay mechanics that were Resident Evil Four based, like just the building, barricading and stuff like that. When I first put it in, I was like, this is like Resident Evil Four all mm, over again. Yeah. Which to me felt like a really special moment. I'll be really excited. But the game got so much better than that. And so much worse in points. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a strange one because it's like it's so many games that it's quite hard to give like one opinion as to how you feel about the entire game. You know? Yeah, I I mean, I just to I mean just to kind of give for anybody wondering, I'm sure everybody knows, but like this is a sequel to Resident Evil Seven, which like sort of reinvented the Resident Evil genre after it had gone a bit like shit and stale after Resident Evil Six that moved to like first person perspective and it like went more like survival horror, like the original ones, but it was like actually like really frightening in bits. Um, Yeah, definitely. Like it was a much more oppressive tone than any resident evil game before it did away with a lot of like the cheesiness. Mm. Um, so this one follows on directly from that and it's the protagonist from the first one, Ethan Winters, he has to go to some, creepy Eastern European village where everyone has American accents to save his uh, baby daughter Rose from a group of mysterious monstery type lords, including <laughs> the big vampire mummy, Lady Domitresque. I, they say it differently in all different ways in the game. Yeah, multiple characters say different things. So he says, I think like Ethan calls her Dimitresque, but she calls herself Domitresque. <laughs> she does who knows (laughs) and and then i'm sure like there was some because it's it's like obviously like fucking i don't know it's some like it's taken from some eastern european language it's an eastern european name and i'm sure like someone from the the country that it's uh originates from like that style um of name was like oh it would be pronounced like dimitrescu yeah because it has the u on the end but who knows not not me I swear, I swear someone early in the game pronounces a Dimitrescu as well. Yeah. Or somewhere, because I had it in my head that that was how it was pronounced, and I didn't make it up, because I was a bit like, how do you pronounce that? And then I know I started referring to it as Dimitresque because um, the the merchant says that, and he yeah. says quite a, quite a lot throughout the game, so he's always like, oh, Mrs. Dimitrescu. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, from now on, I'm going to call a giant vampire. <laughs> because she's a mom vampire and she's giant she's <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah so giant vampire where was i anyway yeah so i mean like this this yeah i agree like this does it feels like five or six games stitched together like five or six like very small games stitched together like mm. it's kind of it's weird for resident evil because it kind of has like a 
almost like a God of War-esque, like central hub world, which is yeah. the village. And then that branches off into like individual levels that you like do in the order of the story progression. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of different because Resident Evil is always typically like a very linear type thing. And this like sort of like it sends you off somewhere. You do a bit and then you come back to the village and you explore a bit more and then you go off to the next bit and do that and then come back and now new like bits are unlocked and available to you like new mini bosses and stuff show up and like how much you kind of get out of it on your first playthrough is like really like down to you because you don't have to do the exploration if you don't want yeah 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 for sure it's really I interesting was, yeah i really liked the the how the map developed um but i i i'm not gonna lie i was really excited when it revealed the like four well the three bosses yeah. that were left um at that point because i thought it was gonna do like a dark souls i thought it was gonna go like you can go do whichever one you want yeah and whatever order you want i thought it was gonna be like well, you can sort of progress through and see how difficult it'll get and you if you want to sack it off and you didn't have enough ammo you could go the other way because the way they like presented it was like one of them was going to be a bit more like psychological or at least you had that vibe and then another one was going to be bullet, all bullets blazing. And I was yeah. a bit like, well, it's going to give me the choice, but it didn't. But I see why it didn't, because it allowed the map to to roll itself out depending on what items you got in the different areas. Um, but yeah, I really liked that feel of it. And I think it presented a really good like story arc for quite a bit where it was like, you got to go off and find these people. Yeah, I think like when I when I had heard like on the initial release reviews that it was semi open world, I was a bit like, Ugh. you know, Resident Evil semi open world. But playing it, I think it totally worked. Um, like I really, yeah, I think it really it struck a really nice balance between like linear progression and little like chunks of exploration. And I felt that the exploration was really rewarding. Like I always took time when I came back from a level to spend some time, like trying to find the stuff that was now like available to me. Yeah. 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 Like the comparisons to Resident Evil 4 are like, it's, it's like practically like, it's, it's like a sequel to Resident Evil 4. It's weird. Like it's like got the sim, a very similar sort of setting. And it's like, the other thing with Resident Evil 4 is that it's like much more of a shooter than the previous games. And this is like that as well. Like, like in Resident Evil Seven, like Ethan like controlled like a big block of butter. Like he had yeah, like yeah. you know he had like no maneuverability. Like even though it was a fit, it put you in the first person, not to kind of make it like a first person shooter. It it put you in first person so that you were like experiencing the like the abject terror from his perspective. Mm. And they've like stuck with this, stuck with that format because this is a sequel to Seven. But like, I don't know, I think for the way that they kind of went like more of a shooter sort of vibe with this one, it works against it at times. Yeah, I think some, I think, I think it works when there's one, two enemies, three tops, but yeah. when there's a bit too much and it's very like above you, below you, all angles and coming from any direction, it's just a bit slow. And I felt found myself like thinking that I needed to like maybe switch my controller sensitivity up, just like combat. Yeah. But I was like halfway through, and I was like, I might as well just leave it now. But I, I did find that you know, 
this this was a recurring problem for this game i think that it tried to do a lot of different resident evil stuff although like we said and we'll get into that about the different like horror styles i think this was like all resident evil games sort of like combined together yeah and i don't think the first person thing suited resident evil 4's approach to like at the start of the game one of one of my favorite bits and one of my least favorite bits was um you sort of get bombarded as soon as you get into the village by like just a huge mob. Mm. It's very reminiscent of the start of Resident Evil 4 when the chainsaw guy comes out and you're like, I don't even know how to fucking shoot. Like yeah. I've just I've just carefully rolled up to this village and now there's a chainsaw guy attacking me with like 30 yeah. cronies. It was very like that. But I don't know, I was like trying to like navigate and I just couldn't like get around. Yeah, like, you know, it... it I mean, the Resident Evil 4 has, like, tank controls, so, like, maneuvering in that's really fucking hard. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's... I don't I don't know. I know that it's, like, an unfair kind of criticism because, like, Resident Evil 4 is, like, a beloved game and that controls, like, shit on purpose to to kind of hobble you so that the, the horror elements are sort of ratcheted up. Mm. But, like, it, it got frustrating at times, like the inability to kind of like dodge away from something like especially yeah especially when like i mean in resident evil 4 the the villages sort of like slowly amble towards you like they're very slow and like it gives you time to line up a shot and you get like they'll be they'll be on you quicker than you anticipate but you have plenty time to line up a shot and in this the because i mean the the core enemies that you kind of encountered first are the lichens which are basically like werewolves and like they just they move really quickly and they do the, this annoying little dodge thing where you've just you've lined up a headshot and then like <laughs> yeah, yeah. you've got you're just about to pull the trigger and then they dodge out of the way of it it makes like wasting ammo. i mean the game's pretty generous with ammo there was yeah, one definitely. point where i was like holy shit i'm actually running out of ammo yeah same same but i think like it is like a combination of all previous resident evil games but it also i think it's following in the tradition set by seven because i mean before that like they just became a sort of like silly action yeah games, six was daft. and yeah, then yeah. seven was kind of like no we're gonna we're gonna we can't do zombies anymore or they just didn't want to do zombies anymore whatever like i'm totally for like reinventing the formula because things get stale if you just do it over and over again yeah so they they started pulling from like classic horror films like there was tons of like references to like texas chainsaw massacre and evil dead um saw in resident evil 7 like just like really cool sort of like just like a tour of like horror film history like american horror film history and then yeah. this they've gone like they've got this like resident evil doing like classic universal monsters like mm. like it has its own version of dracula and it has its own version of the creature from the black lagoon and it has its own version of frankenstein yeah. and like you every time you kind of get to a level you spend a little bit of time in that level and you're like, all right, I get what this is. There was one level in particular where I was like, I don't, and then we'll get to it in spoilers. There was one level I didn't particularly like, but there was a point when I realized what the reference was that I grew to like appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I think those, I think those moves are really good for Resident Evil though, because like yourself, um, talking, I think I remember talking to you about this, like maybe a year ago. Or even recently, you know, you've never really been too into horror games. I've never really given them the time too much. But horror films are like some of your favorite films like out there. So you yeah. go to genre. And I think Resident Evil, like doing stuff like this actually helps people 
uh, with with decent taste get into these games and like appreciate that horror games can be an equal form of ho- form of art to horror films because often ho- when people think about horror games they think about like uh, like viral jump scare games you know what I mean yeah like not to not to diss it really it's not really my type of thing but like Outlast and things like that where they're just they're scary for the sake of being scary because they suit like Twitch streaming and things like that yeah uh, whereas. Resident Evil is like going in this like cinematic route, but originally Resident Evil was just doing its own thing. You know, it wasn't really too heavily referenced. Yeah. Um, but it's it's good to see it going this way and just dabbling in all all these different genres. Well, I mean, like, I really, really like just based on playing Resident Evil games. Really enjoy like the survival horror, like the elements of like rationing. Um, the items that you find and like being conservative or well, being a Tory. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave no, that no, bit in yeah. there. <laughs> really like being a conservative. <laughs> Get that off my fucking podcast, man. Um, no, like, y- you know what I mean? And yeah, I and yeah, like Resident Evil 8 has that, but it also, I don't know. Resident Evil 7 was kind of that all the way through, and I think that's why I really enjoyed it. And I mean, no Resident Evil game does it all the way through. Like, they always... And this is, like, a common criticism of a lot of horror films that I have, is that, like, you can only do one thing for so long before it becomes sort of, like, numbing and ineffective. So, like, you can't, like, eventually for like a story to sort of like make sense and and like have like a logical sort of conclusion by an end like you have to kind of progress it and and change the form in some way so like Mm. for example in a horror film like if the horror is sort of centered on like the mystery of like i don't know why a house is haunted or whatever and that is what is frightening because you don't understand what is happening and therefore it's scary Mm it always for it to make sense as a story it has to kind of have some explanation or conclusion at the end or a lot of like mainstream horror stuff is and resident evil is like mainstream horror you know it's not like abject like abstract surrealist horror like something david lynch would do Mm. and so it kind of it's always going to end up going in a conventional direction by the end and that means that sort of like generally across all the resident evil games like i typically kind of don't think the second half of the games ever sort of live up to the first half. Yeah. Like the RPD bit in Resident Evil 2 is incredible. And then like the lab bit at the end is just all right. I think Resident know? Evil have their little they have their little story cliche where it has to, it has to go into a lab and then it yeah. has to it has to escalate and then there has to be a bomb. <laughs> it's like this is Resident Evil. Like yeah. Every game has that template. It always <laughs> goes for like a Hollywoodized sort of conclusion, but this does that times like a hundred <laughs> which yeah, yeah. means i don't know so like i guess i without spoiling we'll we'll move on to spoilers in a minute but like um i loved the first half of the game like i really really loved it i thought i i thought that i wouldn't be that into the sort of like the the segmented elements you know and that it wouldn't feel like a coherent and it do, it doesn't really feel like a coherent bit like for example like the best bits of the game that are really good i feel like even when they're quite substantial they still don't last long enough like the uh yeah. like the giant vampire level like i wanted more of that and like definitely 
I don't think Capcom were an, were anticipating how much people were going to be like really into, um, really into Lady Dim, Dimitrescu. So like, the she's only like the first, like I don't know, fifth of the game, if mm. that, you know. And that was quite disappointing, even yeah. though like there's a lot of other really good characters in the game, and like it takes advantage of that. I think like most of the sort of monster lords are like actually really good, bar one, which I hated. Um, I did, I did, and no, I agree with you though. Like the he, the, I think if now in hindsight, I could have split the game up better than it has been split. But even like with Lady D, her like the daughters were cool as well. They had this like really yeah. nice angle, and it was like. It was, there was horror, like, you know, there was the visual horror happening to Ethan around those girls. Yeah. And it felt like quite torturous. And I, I, when I first got into her castle, I was like, I'm stuck. I was like, I'm terrified. There's yeah. even, I was look, thinking back, I was like, what, was there even that many enemies in her castle? And I was like, I can't really remember them properly. There's a few, but all I was doing was just walking around like I'm terrified for another one of her daughters to turn up. But it felt like they like came and I was like, oh, this one's cool. At that point, I thought that was going to be the majority of the game and you'd slowly take out each daughter and then get to her like maybe halfway through the game or whatever. But didn't, like, it, they kind of turned up and then you'd sort of wander through a couple more rooms and then there was like a boss fight and then you were like, what, she's dead? Yeah. Like, is that it? And then you like move downstairs and then there's another one and it's like, oh, what, she's dead as well? I was like, I'm getting through these. And I never really even had Lady D like, she didn't have much time before you started aggravating her by killing her daughters. Yeah. And then she wasn't even that aggravated because it was the pacing was so weird. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's briskly paced. It's just kind of like, right, we're getting through this. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then it's over and you're like, fucking, like you're three hours into the game. You're like, oh, right. Well, what's next? Yeah. But I mean, up to a point, I thought, oh, this is a bit disappointing that this bit's over. But then the level after the castle was my mm. favorite in the entire game and maybe my favorite bit of any resident evil game yeah i'd agree i thought that was absolutely astoundingly good that that mm. level the the dollhouse level and then past that even when that ended and i was like oh i loved that and i want more of that because mm. that's my favorite kind of resident evil horror is just like tense like helplessness kind of feeling that that has. Um, I really enjoyed the level after that. Um, little, <laughs> so you, I the, didn't enjoy that one, but yeah. You didn't enjoy the Moreau bit? Yeah, but we'll talk about it in spoilers. <laughs> the, uh, Ethan's hands get a, get a lash and leg, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing like right so in the castle i mean this is early in the game it's not a massive spoiler but there's a bit in the castle where uh giant vampire corners ethan and just chops his hand off <laughs> and he's like he's he lost his hand in uh resident seven, evil yeah. seven it, like his wife cuts his hand off with a chainsaw which was horrifying that yeah, yeah. that moment in the game i was like what the fuck in this, it was just hilarious. And at that <laughs> moment, especially because he gets like a first, he gets like a chem fluid, like a, and it just pours it on his, on his stump and then just like <laughs> reattaches his hand. It's just like, it's, it's so funny how he like just on. stitches him and, and it shows you the hand like separate and it's like, it puts it on and then it, it sticks and he's like, Ooh. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, I don't think that's how hands work. No, I was just like, <laughs> right, okay. But that was the moment, I think, where I went, 
right, that's what this game is. Like, yeah. it it's both, like, enjoyably dumb, but also a little disappointing. Because Resident Evil 7 was, like, a total realignment of what the franchise was and it was like right we're gonna make this a horror series again like it's primarily about the scares and we're gonna kind of dial down the cheesiness Mm. but it feels like they just kind of went right now we're gonna do cheesiness again Mm. and it's kind of like yeah it's funny and it it does it still has some terrifying moments in like in the game like really absolutely but like for most of it, it's just a very silly game. And I was never scared of Lady D, so I was happy to see her go on quickly. Oh, I would go and stand in the safe room and watch her come into the into the little foyer bit. Oh and, yeah, the, just watch where her, the her statues like, are. Yeah, because you're in the safe room, she wouldn't see you. And she'd be looking at her like, "Fucking hell! Like, when can I go out?" Yeah, yeah. Let's start. She was a pain in the ass more than a horror. I I love I mean better. I loved her character. I think like they could have built the entire game around her. I think especially oh, yeah. considering like I mean you've had like giant stalker enemies in Resident Evil games for years. You know, it's part of the part of the DNA of the series and like Mr. X in the Resident Evil 2 remake sort of like reinvented it in a big way. And she is just sort of that, but I think it's interesting that we've never had like this big sort of like grandiose uh super hot female <laughs> monster that is like literally gonna like will l- lop your hands off if she catches you i thought that it's such an interesting wrinkle that like you wouldn't i mean like in other resident evil games it's like it's it's nemesis you know it's like a big grotesque monster in this like she's like this elegant like terrifying imposing figure mm. she's like nine and a half foot tall and just the fact that like she's a she's a woman and Ethan's just this like pathetic little fragile man. I just I, it it's such an interesting sort of juxtaposition. I really think they could have just like carried that throughout the entire game. Like I, I'm disappointed that they didn't um, make more out of it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I definitely really appreciated the like sort of work female thing where especially i thought more so with her daughters how they were like attacking just being like fucking stupid man like it was proper like man hit which i was quite into yeah, <laughs> yeah step on me yeah it was it was really good because especially like resident evil characters um i feel like sometimes get done a bit dirty um ada's pretty strong and like claire's pretty strong but sometimes like they just you know like, you think about ashley in resident evil 4 she was like a helpless like sort of side character and whilst leon was like oh look how cool i am it's like i don't know he's not the buzzy but it's he's a fucking drip <laughs> well it's not as much of a drip as fucking ethan so yeah you that. That ethan's probably Evil. the biggest biggest drip in any media i've played in years capcom <sighs> hate ethan don't they like they've created this character that they despise like he gets like belittled mutilated like everybody treats him like he's a joke like nobody (laughs) nobody in the game respects him and uh and then well should we do spoilers should we just die well this is let's fucking do it this is the this is the dividing line (laughs) you don't want to know what happens in the second half of the game plot wise stop listening uh I would recommend playing the game before you listen to spoilers because I think I would have been disappointed if some of the plot twists. Yeah, and I think if if the if the best level, if I knew 
I'm almost annoyed that people are talking about the best level, even the people who haven't played the game. They're like, oh yeah, I know what's in there. Ha ha. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's, that's only like 10% of the horror. You need the half yeah. an hour suspense before. Like, So anyway, yeah, I definitely agree that you should be playing this game without watching like anything. Yeah. I didn't even watch any trailers, so I was like really proper in. Yeah. Well, yeah, Ethan dies at the end. <laughs> Ethan dies at the end. Good. After... after 10 well it i i spent some time like exploring and stuff so i think my playthrough was a bit longer than like most people i'd heard mine was 11 mine was 11 59 and i pretty sure i cleared almost everything but i didn't find the fucking bird um i got like a i didn't realize i had a photo of the bird for the raw the rare game thing i missed out on one fish so i couldn't get the last recipe i I found i found the finest fish I found all of the all of the fancy animals, um, but I I like I think there was like a fish in the Moreau pond after you beat Moreau. Oh really? I didn't get that, and I didn't get it, and I was one fish short from getting the the fish recipe, the fancy one, yeah. um, which really really pissed me off. <laughs> I was like so angry because I'm like I don't know I was like intent on like at least getting all the recipes and stuff yeah but yeah, but yeah did you- i did i did the same thing there was a point where i was like i'm probably i feel like i'm doing too much of this considering it's my first playthrough i was like see you later i'm off like yeah. to wander around for two hours but i i appreciated doing it afterwards um yeah but yeah what did you what did you think of the end and then the end but i mean it's weird going this way the end was shit uh i think i was glad i was sort of glad ethan died but <laughs> can't be going right in yeah yeah oh what was that chris redfield section of fucking shit i didn't mind the chris redfield section i didn't I... know how to play imagine playing that on the hard difficulty oh i mean uh, yeah probably. it like it did just functionally couldn't you couldn't he couldn't take like 20 enemies running at him the game wasn't like designed that way yeah i mean that's it i think that's it from a gameplay perspective it's a fundamental problem like if they're gonna it's a first person shooter. I just think like you need more maneuverability. Um, if you're going to be through, cause it, it, the game throws so many enemies at you. And again, like it's not like resident evil four where they're just sort of slowly hobbling towards you. Like they are fucking sprinting at you. Like they, <laughs> they, they've clear like vast distances jumping over things. And like, it's mostly manageable. But I don't know how I'd fucking... I, I don't think I'd be able to do it on hardcore. Yeah, but I think... I, I don't know. Like, I liked it at first, and then it, it, like, shifted the tone so much that by the time it got to the ending where Ethan dies and then they leave with the baby and there's an yeah. inevitable bomb. <laughs> the... I don't know. I was just a bit like... I felt like it had already ended for me at that point, and I was just, didn't, I was just playing some added shit that I yeah. just didn't want to play. I felt that the game ended at, you know, when you fight the werewolf with the giant hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, right, I felt like, right, this is going to be the end. Like, we'll do this bit and then I'll go meet this fucking Heisenberg asshole. Um, Worst character. I couldn't stand him. (laughs) Um, voice acting was really annoying for him. And yeah, we'll go, probably the most lines as well, didn't he? But oh, he was so boring. And like, we'll go meet this, uh, we'll go meet this Heisenberg guy. 
and then there'll be some sort of, I don't know, like some plot thing and I won't actually have to fight him as a boss. That yeah, was the thing. Mira- I was Miranda, Miranda will turn up, do him in. Yeah. And that'll be it. And yeah, and I thought like, right. And I mean, like, I, I would happily do the, I really, I actually really enjoyed the Chris Redfield bit. I, I liked kind of just being like this big fucking burly, like yeah. alpha dog. It's felt a bit like, like DLC. I don't know. I know, I know what you mean. It was, yeah. it was fun. I just was a bit like, do I need a tone change? Yeah, the very well, end of the game. That was the thing. Like by the end of the game, I felt like I was playing a completely different game to the game I'd started playing. Mm. I don't know. I just don't really know how to feel about the way that they formatted the game because r- realistically, I, at first I was kind of like, oh, like each level being its own like little mini self-contained game. Like, I don't like that. And then I did the first three and I was like, oh, actually, no, I do really like this. And it's actually pretty, I think Resident Evil 7 is more tonally consistent throughout, but it is structured in a similar way. Each level in Resident Evil 7 is different. You know, like you do the the house and then you go into, what is it, like the sewery type bit and you come out in the greenhouse and that's all. Mm. No, no, you go and do, um, you go and do the old house, which has yeah. got a uh, marguerite in it. And then that culminates in the greenhouse fight. And then, and then you go and do the saw level where it's, you know, each thing is like its own different flavor, but it feels tonally coherent throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this doesn't feel like that. It feels like each thing is completely different from the last thing that you did. Yeah, and there's even, a, from a, even from a gameplay point of view. But there's one point in particular where I, I would even say like, because the first level is the castle with Lady D, giant vampire, and then the second level is the dollhouse, which was the best level in the game for me. And then the third level is like the creature from the Black Lagoon type thing where you go to get Moreau. And even though they're all very different, because they've got that like classic Hollywood monster movie vibe to them, Mm. they still kind of feel like of a piece. And then the Heisenberg level is just, I hated it. I just, (laughs) I thought it was horrible. And it feels so out of place because like, it's basically a giant robot factory and the reference it's really lo- it's really long as well yeah it it went on forever and like the uh the, the reference is frankenstein there was a point where mm. i went oh he's frankenstein you know and mm. then i was like right i get it but like it's like weird sort of like steampunk uh sci-fi frankenstein yeah. and he's also like magneto and he can yeah, control yeah. metal and it just starts it even though like the whole game is kind of silly and ludicrous like when it gets to his portion it feels like it just dials it up to 11 in a way that i was like nah nah i'm done yeah Come there's on. a really there's a really cool cool little bit with him that i thought anyway where he he i think it's as you get back out and you're into the factory he comes down but he like he sort of like makes his own stairway yeah. And there's just shitloads of bricks like that like line up as he's like yeah. landing his feet. And I was like, that that is fucking cool. Visually it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in a Resident Evil game, I'm like, eh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that that's the thing. Like, I mean, the game just looks fucking incredible. Like it, graphically, it's amazing. And even at the moments where I was like, this is so stupid, it still like looked so good that like just for my eyes, for the sake of my eyes, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. 
But yeah, what yeah. did you? So what did you think about the actual ending? So the 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 Ethan stuff. So I don't know. I I was a little disappointed they killed him. To be honest, <laughs> like, what did you think of the right? So I mean, the ending, the final cutscene is like is is sometime in the future and his yeah. daughter has grown up and Ethan's dead and she's visiting his grave and then like some sort of shady suit type fella comes along and is like get in the car motherfucker or whatever yeah. he says and then she's like no motherfucker and then like it kind of implied she has superpowers because she's the like physical embodiment of evelyn who was the villain yeah. in that's why that's why he called her he called her evelyn she was like yeah. don't you ever fucking call me that again yeah she's <laughs> like no motherfucker <laughs> and, and then, then he was uh, like sorry just a joke and i was like it's not a very good joke man. No. <laughs> jk jk um, about that really personal thing that destroyed your dad <laughs> <laughs> just bullying a child as well like <laughs> freak <laughs> get in the car evelyn <laughs> so fucking and also you know she's got superpowers and she could probably fucking tear your head off and you're just yeah. like uh, uh, and i have sunglasses on <laughs> <laughs> but um like it's obviously setting her up as the protagonist in the next game and i'm just kind of like i mean i hope not it felt that it it felt like it was doing that, but I guess we can't really say for sure that that's what's going to happen. But I don't know, like, what? Why would you've spent so much time and energy bringing bringing the you know with Resident Evil Seven, which is one of the best best games in the series, you've brought it back to its roots and made it about the tension and the horror and grounded it more and now you're lining up the protagonist of the next game to be like some super powered mold child. Yeah. You know, like I don't want that. Yeah. You know? I did feel like overall this game and we'll probably maybe work backwards through the game now, but the, um, overall it felt like Capcom sort of pissing around going like, Oh, should we, should we do psychological horror? Should we, should we do that gap that Kojima's left with Silent Hill or yeah. should we should we go back to Resident Evil 4 because people love that game or should we actually like keep people in like intimate environments like the castle and go back to Resident Evil 2 like it it felt like it like constantly just went mm, should we do that and then by the end went now nah, we're gonna go wacky we're gonna we're gonna do what everyone hated about 6 yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna bring superpowers into the mix not that they did that in 6 and it's gonna get higher paced it's gonna get like globally destructive and maybe you're gonna play as that character it's just a bit like but then you're not going to be able to do the stuff I liked about that game. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? It's just, I mean, they, for the most part, they managed to pull it off in this because like, I think it's maybe just a function of the way that the game was structured that like, I kind of feel like I came out of it with a negative opinion, but it's mainly just because the second half of the game is just nowhere near as good as the first. So like you finish it and like your memory of it is like the bit, that you just did that you didn't like very much. Mm. Um, but the first half of the game is just incredible. Like I really, re I was really, really enjoying it. And I guess I just, I don't want to be like that massively down on it. So no, I don't think, I don't think we are going to be like, I really love this game and I agree with you. It, it tipped off, but I had like notes in my phone being like, will I ever get bored of this game? Cause yeah. like, I don't think I, I was like, I wanted to say in this podcast that, 
I would I never will get bored of this. I love I would love to play it again. I can't mm. wait to go play it again. But just by the end, it did leave like a little bit of a bit of taste in your mouth where it's like, oh, but I have to play that bit again. See, um, I felt like I don't want to play it again. Yeah. Purely because of the way it goes by the end. Like the the last level, like full level of game is the factory and it's like too long and not very interesting. And it's then, not interesting in any sense, not even interesting like visually. Yeah. There's like no scares. It's actually the enemies are weird. Like what was with what was with the jetpack ones? Like some out of Gundam. Like they, just... yeah, they <laughs> they appeared on the platform, and I just I literally I think I just went, oh fucking really, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't like a oh no, you know? We they thought it was gonna be. That's it. You could tell the the entire area was set up to be like oh i can't kill them i'm gonna have to run off yeah i'm so scared but it was just like it was just i I think i got wedged between them because it's like a narrow platform and they were just like wildly swinging at me and i somehow managed to kill them both and then i was just like thank god that's over you know did you see them do their like laser charge thing i don't remember i think like because i was wedged between them by the time i killed them both like i all I could see was because of the first person perspective was just like lights and metal, <laughs> and red light and metal. And I was just like, fucking just die, just die. Like, this isn't fun. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want, I'm not enjoying this. You, you should know, have I seen just, the state, you should have seen the state of the, the, the one attack they had where it was like from a distance, they like pull back the sword and they're like, and then they like rev up and then they like come flying at you. But the, the yeah. laser tells you where they're going to go. And then they like do like a sword sweep. And I'm like, oh, cringe. No, thank you. <laughs> Proper no, cringe. No, no, thank you. They, uh, they, they said before, I think there was like an interview with the game's director and he had said, oh, we, we listened to people who said that Resident Evil 7 was too scary. And I was like, you the fuck saying Resident Evil 7's too scary? Like, it's Resident Evil. That's the, yeah, the, the point. The people who didn't play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who gives like, a shit about the people who didn't play that game? But you know I, what I mean? the, the bizarre thing about it, right, is that Resident Evil 7 isn't, I don't think it's that scary. It's tense, especially the first, like the earlier part of the games are tense. But once you sort of you get used to it, groovy, you yeah. get used to it. But this. The dollhouse is the the scared the most scared I think I've ever been in a Resident Evil game. Yeah, I think it's the scared the most scared I've been in any game. Maybe outside of Alien Isolation, which probably is too much. Although it's cool, and yeah. it was just it was just I don't know. Maybe we'll get into that now. But it's just the like the suspense of the build up. Like yeah. after after so much like action. And Lady Dimitrescu turned into a fucking dragon. Yeah, uh, she turns into a bloodborne it. boss. Yeah, she does. And um, when you get there, you sort of like, you just get left on your own for a bit. And it's really quiet. And I had headphones on and I was just like, I have no idea where I'm going. Yeah. You start like, you start opening cupboards, but nothing has anything in it. And you're just like, And you lose on. all your weapons. Yeah. And you're just like, but there's nothing here. Like everything that you've had a habit of doing for like four or five hours at that point yeah you're like none of it's working like what is this place and like you can't sprint and then there's like a sort of saw-esque puzzle uh which i was just like oh i get what i'm doing here it's just this is what it's going to be and then i'm going to get scared by some cliche doll and then by god i I think you know they had the well thing and Mm. i was like i'm scared and then the lights just slowly started getting 
off and the lighting when you torch when you've got a when it's pitch black is so well done i think yeah because you could just just you can just see enough that by the time you had the reveal i was just i was gone i was like i'm so scared i was like it's terrifying it uh <laughs> it's right it's like a giant baby monster it's it's like a giant baby and it's giant like, melted fetus it looks fucking horrible and the th- great thing about it is that because the level is so dark, you never really actually fully see it. You just see its face and like yeah, it's yeah. sort of like its front legs sort of crawling towards you. And it yeah. takes up the entire corridor so you can't get past it. You have to run away from it. And it's making these horrible like gurgling noises. Does it say like Dada at some point? It's it's meant to be, I thought it was meant to be, um, it's meant to be Rose, isn't it? Or yeah. hallucination of Rose. Yeah. So it's talking to Ethan. So yeah. It's got like da 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 da. It's like laughing yeah. and chasing you because it wants to play with you. Yeah. Uh, well, the whole like the whole like because I mean the, the whole puzzle that precedes that thing just emerging from the darkness and like coming for you is like a doll that you have to kind of. It's got like a puzzle built in. It's like a female mannequin. And it's supposed to represent Mia when Chris like shoots her at the start of the game. Mm. so like the whole thing is like and it, there's tons of like because the puzzle is like you have to get film that you go and watch on the film uh projector and it's like it's like whole movies of like ethan and mia it's all like totally based on like the the psychology of ethan and like his family life and i guess like supposed to be like preying on his uh i don't know like his fears about what rose might become yeah because yeah. of the that's whole thing it, in louisiana yeah that's where it gets that's where it gets really good because it filled that silent hill feeling yeah i've been wanting that silent hill reboot for so long and that's when i was telling you about silent hill 2 that's exactly what silent hill 2 does it's yeah. like here's a monster but you're only seeing it like that because you have like your own dark secrets mm. you know um it's a, it was amazing um but it's just like even just like the light in like the red light above the door the corridor you take it down i was just like i'm fucking scared for me the worst part of it though is it emerged from like the the shadows and i I went oh no and i turned around and ran away and got away from it but then you have to go into this like into this like enclosed loop of a room so it's like there's a there's a bookshelf blocking off one corridor so you have to go cut through the kitchen to get to this bedroom that's got a fuse in it. You have to get the fuse, you pull it out and it turns all the lights off and then you come back through and you just know because it's yeah, only, yeah. you're like, it's it's not letting me go down there. I know yeah. exactly where this is going. Yeah. It's a one way <laughs> route. So you come back and the minute you kind of start to, up to the steps of the door that you came in through, the door swings. Yeah, open. I shit it. I shit that, it. That was yeah. like the best. I paused it at game. that moment. I was just like, I'm fucking, I need a moment here because I, I did what you did. I was like, I know where this is going and where it inevitably does go. I was like, it's going to be all the way back to the other side. It's not going to be here. Yeah. And then it was like, no, I'm here. I was yeah. like, I've only just fucking left one room. And then it makes you hide under the bed and it starts like yeah. crying and stuff because it can't find you. And I was just like, I'm gone here. I'm so I, uh, I didn't know to hide under the bed, you know. Oh, what happened? Did you get eaten? So I got eaten the first time. Oh, God. And then the second time I ran back in and I got into the wardrobe you can hide in the wardrobe. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? I, so I hid in the wardrobe 
And then it comes into the room and it goes just past the wardrobe. And the minute it got past the wardrobe, I just swung the door open and sprinted back through. Oh, really? And then I like I later like watched a video online of someone else doing it and they got under the bed. And I was like, I didn't even know you could do that. So what happened when if you so when I hide under the bed, I waited for it to leave the bedroom and then went back. So I was like, oh, it's in front of me again. Something else needs to happen. Then I got all the way to the lift, put the fuse in, and then it turned up then. Did it do that for you? Did it just turn up there? Yeah. Or did it do, right. Yeah, I just sprinted past it. So it must have just spawned it in closer to you. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, yeah. It, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it just. I think it just appears. Yeah. And then at first I didn't, I didn't know that I was <laughs> stupidly. I mean, like I've just put a fucking fuse in the, in the, in the, in the elevator fuse box. I kind of like ran out and was like, oh, like, where have I got to go next? And I was like, oh, I've got to go in the fucking lift. <laughs> so I had to get it. back to the lift without the baby getting us. That was the bit that I died because I put the fuse in and then it turned up and I, and then it sort of stopped. It like got close to me and then stopped and started making an animation. I was like, oh, it must be doing something. It's going to like chat to mm. me or something. I forgot about the cinema room and then it didn't. It just hit me. I was fucking, I was like, even watching the eating animation, yeah. I was like, this is so scary. That's like the 11 thing like when it, night. You, when it gets you, it's not like when Mr. X or something gets you and like it hit, good he hits you. It, yeah. Like it gets you and you're dead. I just thought it was incredible. Like, they, especially, I mean, the atmosphere when I played it, um, I'd been playing the game for like a few hours during the day and then we, we had a break and I was we watched like a film or something. And then uh, it was like midnight and I was like, I'm going to play some more Resident Evil. Yeah, I was the now. same. Yeah. And I, I took it, uh, I, I kind of, sometimes I have my PlayStation up in my office and I play on my monitor and sometimes I take it downstairs and play on the TV. So we had it on like the big 4K TV all of the lights off in the living room. It was like pitch black and just the atmosphere was like incredible. And even like afterwards, like Holly, who isn't really that asked about games, like the next morning was like, yeah, when we were playing Resident Evil last night in the dark, that was class. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was loving it. But that was what, that was more what that, it was a very different section, wasn't it? It was, you know, long corridors. You didn't really, you couldn't really see yeah. the end of them. It reminded me of like PT without ever having the opportunity to play PT. I wish yeah. I did. Um, it reminds me of that. How it's just like, you're just going down corridors. You can't really see the end of them. Like what's going to be there. Yeah. Um, and it always sort of satisfied at the right moments. It did that. It did that so well. And I wish, I wish they just stuck to the first person thing. Not that I'm, saying the canon necessarily but i think they are um and kept with the first person like horror stuff and went down that route but i don't think they're gonna i don't i don't think they're gonna i think they'll stick with the first person personally first personally i yeah i think yeah, uh, you're gonna have superpowers i i hope not i i hope that they even if she's in the game like i mean obviously, she could be the baddie she could be the baddie that'd be good well they've kind of said like I think they've said, like, this is part of a trilogy. So seven mm. to nine is going to be, like, a trilogy. So it would make sense for it to remain, like, the same sort of gameplay format. I think if they... F I don't know. I, who knows? I mean, Did we don't not even really... We don't even really know exactly what it is that she can do. Yeah. But I just would like more of the survival horror and not the sort of superhero-y 
I don't know, superpowers, whatever it is, like the mold type stuff. I also do think though, like, I love the dollhouse level. I don't know if you could spin that, that out into an entire game. I think that would get wearing after a while. Silent Hill would not do it. Well, I mean, when was the last Silent Hill game though? Well, hopefully it'll be back, but it lost it. That lost its way eventually. They all get very actiony. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I love that part of the game though, but yeah. And so, what did you um, what did you think about the reveal about Ethan always being dead? Didn't care again. I don't know. I thought it was quite cool. It was something. I just felt like they were making some sort of excuse at that point, even with the even with the like hands thing. Well, I think that regeneration that was... stuff. I was just like, it's like I don't know if this is serious or not. Of are you making an inside joke? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it is like it's a justification for it because you are playing the game thinking like this is ridiculous. Like he's getting shot through the leg with arrows. He's getting his hands lopped off. You know, and it, it all just feels part of like the silly campness of Resident Evil, kind of returning to the. to the the series yeah but then it does like a serious cool cinematic twist this is what i mean like you can't be like silly and then be like oh no we're not silly we're a a serious storyteller it's like a it's like a plot justification for something that like a creative choice that it decided to make throughout both of these games because i mean it's hard to do body horror i think from a first person perspective in a video game when really all you're seeing is your hands. So it's like, mm. it makes sense that they're like, they're mutilating his hands repeatedly for the purpose of doing body horror in the game, but then also giving you some sort of plot justification at the end of it, which in and of itself serves as an interesting twist. I thought it was an interesting twist. I, I kind of saw it coming because when he died, he gets killed he gets killed. Uh, Mother Miranda rips his heart out, and I was like, "He's not dead." Yeah. Like I, they ripped his heart out. She ripped his heart out, and you transitions to Chris's perspective, and I thought, "Nah, Ethan's coming back." There like, was a note. There was a note in Heisenberg's factory mentioning it, wasn't they? Or like alluring to it. So I think I started to get it at that point. He said that there was something interesting about Ethan's body or something. So maybe we could use him. And I was like, oh, they know. And then when that happened, I was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely not dead. He's just going to grow back. Yeah, they they keep making like little sort of references uh, to it throughout the later parts of the game. And you, you it's kind of teasing like something larger is going on here. I mean, there's that. And I, I did quite like it. I thought it was an interesting wrinkle to kind of recontextualize the events of Resident Evil 7 as well. It's like, oh, Actually, Ethan died at the beginning of the game. Jack mm. killed him, but somehow he survived because it's from the mold. But yeah, but it didn't really survive. He just died. So it's yeah. like when you're watching it, you're like, how didn't he die? And it's like, well, no, he did die. But Resident Evil's ways meant that he didn't die. But it just felt like at that point, I felt like just a bit out of it with it. And like I said to you, I felt like it had already finished. And it was like, it was veering between fucking cutscenes and and third person and first person i had no idea what was going on at some points i just felt like really out of out of like sync with it sometimes it you know you'd approach someone in first person it'd start the cutscene first person which i like i like i want them to do it 
But then it'd like start it and you'd be walking up to someone, you'd be able to see your hands and the whole emote if you were. And then it'd like switch to third person, then back to first. I was just like, what are you doing? Are you doing, I have no idea what you're doing at this point. It made, it, it made me like, so it detached me away from the story, I think. I just lost Switching my emotion. The, the, I don't know what you mean. Switching there was loads of cutscenes. There was loads of cutscenes in third person. And then they were awkwardly like showing Ethan's like, like a shoulder or the back of his head or like a foot. I don't really remember that. There was loads of it. Was there? Are you sure? Yeah. I what do you mean? that up. No, like when you get to the Miranda boss fight, like it should, the starts with... Like, oh, uh, right. Yeah, no, yeah. The end when it, it's like a proper cinematic cutscene. Yeah, th- I mean, that was like clumsy. Like they don't want to show Ethan's face. So like you just don't see his face. Like his, his face is always hidden. That was, yeah. A bit, it, t- it just took me out of the storytelling mechanic for me. But. I think it's like a... it's a, it, I mean, I this to me, this is just pedantic criticism, but I, I do understand. Like I think they've... With seven, they wanted to put you in the shoes of the actual horror and make you experience it firsthand. But that's sort of undercut by the fact that uh, Ethan Winters is a character. You mm. know, like it's not like a it's not like a game where you create a character and you are the character. Like he's a character and he has a plot, mm. and so they've stayed committed to that by not showing his face i think is some su- supposed to be some sort of thing that enables you to project yourself onto him but you yeah, don't yeah. because he's he's got a wife and i mean like what <laughs> if you're like you know like what if i don't know like you're playing it's a bloody, like it's a bloody simp you're, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're playing like a you're playing as like a cis male character like if you're not that if you're not that, then you're not going to project yourself onto this character. You know mm. what I mean? So they might as well just fucking show his face. He's, he's, he's a character with like a backstory and plot significance. He's not just like a sort of faceless, um, like avatar that you project yourself onto. It, do, mm. it doesn't really work. So I just don't really know why they don't just show his face. And yeah, I, f- I felt like I, as it got to it, I was quite like, Oh, it's getting interesting. Like they go in third person. This is going to be Ethan's sign off. They're moving away from the first person side. It's feels Chris Redfield's there. He's in a cutscene. Ethan's there. F- started to feel more like resident evil. And I was quite like, Oh, I like it. It's like cinematically they're showing that that's where they're going. And then it just like went back and then awkwardly like transitioned back into third person. Yeah. And it would just show like the back of Ethan's head. I was just like, just show him. If you if we're here now and you're doing cutscenes, just fucking show him because the cutscenes look great until I realize that Ethan's awkwardly in our shot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it it, it just for me, for me, it just took me out of all of the the story reveals towards the end. And I found myself just being a bit more like maybe looking at it all a bit negatively, which I don't know. I don't know. It's fair, but it's definitely how I felt. So, yeah. And I mean the, the plot by the end, I don't really, I mean, it doesn't really make sense. I don't think. Cause it, so mother, mother Miranda, see, I, when they were in the trailers and stuff and they were mentioning mother Miranda, I thought like mother Miranda was going to be some sort of like abstract deity that, the villagers worshipped and she wasn't actually like in the game, but she actually is the villain of the game. Mm. And she's like really, really fucking boring. Yeah. Like just not interesting. But Mother Miranda, more like Mother Mablanda. 
<laughs> I hadn't, I didn't, I swear down, I didn't write that in, down in advance and just read that. <laughs> but, but she, yeah, she's boring as fuck. Like she wasn't interested. And like the whole thing is that she, she is like an immortal who encountered, well, she was like a human who encountered the mold, um, like a hundred years ago and it made her immortal and she lost her daughter and she's trying to use the mold to bring her daughter back to life. And she's trying to, she's kidnapped Ethan's daughter to try and use her to reincarnate her daughter who was actually Mm. called Eve. And it links in with seven because like, I don't know. (laughs) Evelyn was Eve. The one thing I liked about the whole reveal was, and they didn't do it very obviously, they did it in the little textbooks in her lab, was that she was the the man who they mentioned that came to the village and might be like responsible for why things gone weird was actually Spencer. The founder of Resident Evil 1, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I like that because it made, it put the, it put the law of like why the mold makes people into lichens and it linked it all to the T virus in Resident Evil 1, which made zombies. And then I, I keep hearing from the same people like over the last couple, the last week or two, like why is Resident Evil got vampires in it? Why has it got werewolves in it? Why has it got this? And I like that it give a narrative justification and Miranda was the vehicle for it. And while she was boring, I like that it made, it suddenly made the whole universe like come together for me. Um, yeah. I mean, it definitely, it, it definitely does tie together everything. It's a little weird that it's on a note that you read <laughs> and it's not actually like a significant sort of plot reveal. It's just like you go into a lab as Chris Redfield and read a note and it's like, Oh, Oswald Spencer. Yeah. Right. I get it. But like it does tie it all together. And I mean, I, I appreciated it. And I think it kind of, so everything up until like that point that, Spencer goes off and starts umbrella and starts creating the because in the note it's like a it's a letter from him to her and he's like you did the the e virus and I don't think that that one is the best one I think that the, the T virus is the best one so that's the sort of justification for why like the T virus is what umbrella was working on and mm. creates the zombies and stuff and the E virus is like the mold based thing that she originally was experimenting on people with and all of the monster lords in the game like uh like vampire and um and heisenberg their experiments like mother miranda was experimenting on the people in the village to try and kind of work out how to use this mold to bring her daughter back so it's it is kind of coherent the thing that didn't really make sense is that heisenberg brings you into his factory and goes ethan uh, it's clear that Mother Miranda has brought you here because she wants to replace us with you, right? What? <laughs> like that never gets touched on again. I mean, it's Resident Evil. Who cares? Like it, it's it's not I know, really. I, I know no, but I know what you mean, and it's 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 easy to be like, well, we shouldn't really slide it off because it's Resident Evil. But Resident Evil is capable of telling a coherent story, and it's it's certainly like put a lot of threads in place in this game which which look really cool and should work but it just yeah. doesn't really it just doesn't execute it well because it seems so focused on doing so many different things like you know like for example with mother miranda like you're right like she felt like a deity at the start and i was really interested 
early doors when you got to Louisa's house and they had those, those like survivors. It didn't last mm. very long, but I was like, oh, they all like seem, oh, like pray to Mother Miranda. And then there'd be another guy like, fuck Mother Miranda. Like she's not here for us. And like, I was like, ooh, who is she? I liked that, these moments early yeah. on. Where I was like, oh, what is she? I can't wait to go to the castle and see Lady D and find out what it was. Mm. But like, it just didn't really like build up anything. And I did feel like that was quite a consistent flaw with the storytelling where like, from a character development point of view like no one ever really like was in the game for like longer than 20 30 percent of its length at any given moment they all like yeah. came and went and then another person came um and it it just didn't make me feel like uh ethan's story was like really connected to the overall interest of the other characters you know yeah it was too it was too episodic and i think like by the end you kind of feel like you didn't, you got some really good stuff, but you didn't get enough of the good things. And then it's sort of weighted in the back half with some really like bland stuff that mm. soured the taste a little bit for me. I probably will play it again. Um, you definitely will. I mean, did yeah. Think, what did you think about the, the like boss fights and the mini boss fights? Cause some of them, some of them sort of hit nicely and some of them didn't. It was a bit clunky. I like them. I like the Miranda one. Personally. I uh, uh, I don't uh. <laughs> thought it was kind of I thought it was quite cool. It's see the aesthetic of it was cool. I in terms of gameplay, I actually kind of enjoyed the Heisenberg fight just purely in terms of <laughs> controlling this the big giant robot <laughs> thing. I thought it was quite fun. I didn't really like the mini bosses, you know, the, like the giant trolls with the hammers. Yeah, the one was that, there was one at like benavito's grave when you go yeah, back there. that was the one i didn't like i didn't mind the one in the mill because like the arena was a bit more like sort of spacious and set up in a way where you could and also you can you can set traps before he notices you mm. so like, i enjoyed that like i went in and i like dropped some mines on the floor and then i like popped popped him with a magnum round yeah. he turns around ran towards us blew the mines up and i i like that there was that sort of little element of pre-planning that you could get like the upper hand on him initially mm. but i mean like overall i don't think that the way that the game works um generally most of the bosses don't really functionally play that well because like it's still got that clunky sort of tank for, uh like shooter sort of energy to it. I felt like I felt like sometimes it was like playing like a first person mod of Dark Souls. You know what I mean? Like some of the animations and stuff of the characters. And I and I know that it was gothic and it was swords and things like that. But some of the animations and the attacks in particular felt quite soulsy. Um mm. and I was just a bit like, is this working or not? And I kinda liked it, but then it didn't it didn't click properly. Yeah, I think I get my probably my favorite boss would be the the doll house as again just because it's not about like running around and shooting it's like it's like this panic inducing sort of like tension timer thing where you've got to you've got to find the right doll before yeah, yeah. all of the dolls get you you know I, I that is the kind of boss that I think in a first person survival horror game works well because it's about the tension. Yeah. It's immersive um, as well. Yeah. And it's about sort of acting under pressure. Um, and the other bosses are just kind of like shoot them a lot. You know, I actually, I, I like the Moreau boss fight as well. I don't know. 
I, thought, I like that. And like hiding under the thing when he starts like spewing acid everywhere. You've got this nice little sort of arena that you can maneuver around in. And mm. uh, it's just about like sort of taking cover at the right time and then like hitting them at the right moment. I liked I liked the, the, the bit at the end where you actually get to kill him and you're in like a sort of like bomber man area. Um, yeah. But the before bit, I didn't really like. I don't know. I felt like it was just, he was there because his f- giant fish thing was there f- for me just to satisfy resident evil 4 homage yeah, yeah it was Sometimes. just a, it was just a like a reference to 4 but i think it was nice that they built like a like a little puzzle sort of map mm. and it's kind of like it's quite again, platformy platformy puzzly and acting under pressure like you've got this giant thing sort of just trashing everything around you and you've got to kind of maneuver around it move at the right times don't get eaten and then mm. it was definitely different it he, even like seeing him be like i'm just gonna keep jumping here yeah and then you got a time you got a time it so you follow as i've gone past i loved, like, I loved how pathetic he was as well like he, he was like what does he say to you at one point? He's like, you steal the flask from him. And he's like, don't, the others will laugh at me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just thought it was so good. I really, really, again, didn't think that I would enjoy that level. Um, cause I was still sort of pining for the dollhouse. I was like, well, they're not going to top this. And they did, they didn't top it, but like, I like, that was great. I really enjoyed his characterization, like how like disgusting and pathetic he was. Like he's a failed experiment. Yeah, he was definitely yeah. more. He's definitely more simpy than fucking Ethan. They're both just yeah. like, please love me. <sighs> he just wants Mother Miranda to love him. For a little guy. Yeah, I'll 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 love him. He can come and live <laughs> with me. He'll come and live in my house. He can vomit acid onto me. <laughs> Give me what I want. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, Resident Evil 8, great, very, very good, but not, doesn't reach the sort of greatness of other Resident Evil games for me. I yeah. re- I really enjoyed most of it, but some of the bits I didn't enjoy, I think went some way to sort of dim my view of the entire game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll... I don't know. Maybe I'll feel differently on a second playthrough. But the, these games, like seven and eight, especially, I don't feel like they're particularly designed to be replayed in the same way like two is. Yeah. Like the remake of two, like the whole re- replayability thing on the remake of two is getting through the game as quickly as you can to get the, like the better rankings. I don't think this even gave me a ranking at the end. There is a trophy for beating the game in three hours. Fucking god knows how you managed to do that, but. <laughs> I don't know, like for me, like seven and eight, because they're first person sort of survival horror, sort of like theme park type experiences where like it's never going to be quite as good as the first time you play it through. Yeah, they're cinematic. It's sort of like replaying like an Uncharted game. It's like you're not really getting anything out of it. You just like watching a film again. You know what I mean? Which which is, whilst has its value, it's just not the same as two for sure. Yeah, definitely not. Oh, well. Should we move on to this week, Steve, then? Yeah. <laughs> this is your cue. Are you ready? Yeah. I I ain't read this back since I've written it, so just, just give me, give just, me a chance. Just don't get too close to the mic, yeah? Oh! <laughs> there once was a songwriter, 
Talented and exceptional was he. Now along came a bad man, MC Covid. He spread an illness, freakishly and cursed, globally on a mission to make life the very worst. How can I do this? How might I be? How can I continue to spread creative glee? Then along came an idea, soft and sweet. I'll tell them what I've been watching and playing. It'll be a real treat. <laughs> was that... <laughs> what? <laughs> that was that's, a... sto- that's the story of this week, Steve. It's very, very, very well written. Um... <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah, I just wasn't anticipating it in the form of like a... Was it... It was like a double length limerick. <laughs> I was I was trying to do the introduction of Resident Evil Village, but you know. Oh right, Village. Oh yeah, no, the I little, get it. The I Village of Shadows thing. Yeah, that was good. How long did that take you? It was the first thing I written. <laughs> Didn't take me that long. Well done, longish. I enjoyed that. And but I'm yeah, sure this everybody listening. Did. This week, Steve is where we uh, talk about what we've been watching and playing. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching and playing? Uh, I've been playing Subnautica again, uh, which is scary. So is I've, it scary? I find it weird. That everyone always says it's terrifying. I'm like, it doesn't look like a horror. I know it's a survival game, but it's. I find it really scary. I mean, I don't. I find I found it scary when I first played it. It's not really a horror game. It's a survival game for anyone uh, mm-hmm. listening, um, and it's underwater. So you start off in like a little life and you've got to go underwater and find resources and build better stuff to progressively discover more of the world and complete its generic survival gameplay. But it's underwater, which is the the scary thing. And I think, you know, like you start off in like the shallow, like coral reef looking place. And then you get to the end of the coral reef and it's got like just a a vast blue and you can't see anything. And it's Mm. like you could swim into it, but then you at no point do you know where anything is at any angle it's got yeah. this really like the sounds are really good it's it's just this feeling of being underwater and i think if you specifically find the f- the feeling of being in deep sea scary because there's like sounds everywhere then then it's horrifying but if you don't if you're not scared of that it's not scary at all yeah i've i've heard lots of people say it's terrifying i i've got it it's installed on my playstation um, mm. But I haven't got around to playing it yet. Yeah, um, it's really good. It's I've it's heard. a bit it's a bit buggy, but yeah, I've heard it's you, like a masterpiece. So yeah, um, I'd, I'd say it's definitely it's definitely yeah. very very good. I think it's my favorite out of that genre survival games. Um, and even replaying it now, I was I, w- I was hoping it would hold up a bit. I wonder I wonder what it'd be like on PS5, but it's still a bit. I think I think the uh, the I think the PS5 there is a like a a PS5 enhanced version with the higher frame rate and 4K. It's got like it's got really weird like dropping issues where it's like you'd be swimming into something and then it'll like suddenly pop Mm -hmm. in. Um, But you have to sort of like pretend it's not there to like really enjoy it. But I can look past that stuff. It doesn't bother me that much. What have you been watching? I watched. uh, I rewatched The Lighthouse, which is also terrifying. What a film! But it was like it. It was. It felt different. It felt different than I first, when I first watched it in a really good way, but in a very different way. I think. And I think once you've like seen it once and you sort of know what's happening, you can sort of keep an eye out for stuff. The, yeah, I mean, I on first watch, I found it very funny. I've only actually watched it once. I saw it, saw it once in the cinema. Yeah, and I haven't rewatched it since then. I think I found it funnier 
the other night. That's what I was gonna say. It's a very, it's a very funny film, yeah. um, and I didn't, I didn't find it particularly. It's disturbing, but I didn't find it scary. The Witch is much more of a. The other film by Robert Eggers, um, the same director, is much more of a sort of horror film than the Lighthouse. Yeah, Lighthouse is, is like a psychosexual drama yeah it's much more psychological but it's it's quite like claustrophobic all the shots and stuff are really like tight and yeah never really you never really have like a sense of like where anything is or like where how the island's sort of laid out it's you know very disorienting because like, none of the shots follow and like turn yeah. so you, you never have like any idea of like how everything's laid out so when he starts getting like frustrated and stressed and he's like oh i'm just gonna fucking run outside and get get all tangled up and you see stuff you sort of like i had no idea where he is so he's running back and i'm like where's he yeah. running to i'm so scared it's it's a fucking great film robert pattinson man he is such yeah a good he's actor. amazing i mean both him and willem dafoe I, willem dafoe is one of my favorite actors as well but robert pattinson is just absolutely astounding in that film the bit with the scene <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> it's so good it. man <laughs> oh my god i want to watch it again i'm 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 in tonight on my own and i was like i want to start playing resident evil and i want to watch a film i was gonna watch coherence mm. um i don't really know much about it other than it's apparently like really fucking mind-bending mm. um but talking about this is making me want to watch the light yeah, I, lo- I loved re-watching it and focusing on the dog references and the build-up in that sense that was quite nice i think it's a good film to like watch and go oh believe in this angle and then just follow like the yeah. the breadcrumbs of that particular point and then let's see it follow yeah. out i really want to watch it again um and just focus on something else but yeah he's he's great i love it when he starts dancing he's just like <laughs> the bit where willem defoe's like you're fond of me yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he and then he goes on like a big like like the shots like right up and he's like hey, I'll smite you and, and then at the end he's like fine I like your cooking <laughs> <laughs> Jesus what that's so good yeah, it's very good um well I've I've still been playing Returnal um <laughs> I did sorry to everybody who had to listen to the horror that was last week's episode <laughs> We were saying literally before we came on here, I went to like edit the audio and my girlfriend walked into the room and went, how'd the episode go? And I went, oh yeah, it, it went really well. Like the, the, the audio sounded really good this week. Cause I've like consistently week on week have issues yeah. with like my audio interface and getting good quality audio. Listen to some of it back. I was like, yeah, it's really good. Turned back to the computer and the audio track had just <laughs> It's just gone, and it wasn't anywhere on my computer. I couldn't find it, so unfortunately, I had to use. I didn't notice on, the, on when I listened to it again, actually. But did you leave? The, did you leave it at the start where you were like, "Oh, new mic," like bragging, or did you edit it out? Because <laughs> you, you, when we recorded it, you were like, "Oh, it's a new start. We've got like nice shiny new audio." It's really funny. I got like all this like brand new audio gear to get like decent podcast quality audio and then like have to use Zoom audio the first week. <laughs> it's so annoying. But yeah, I'm still playing Returnal. I think I'm going to sort of put it down soon. I wanted to get, I beat the game after last week saying, oh, I don't know if I'm going to beat it. Like the next day I beat it. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking weird because the final level is pretty easy. Mm. 
Like I was like on biome five, which is like the second from last level. And I found that insanely difficult because it's like this gauntlet where you have to go off in three different branching paths to collect three keys and you've got to do it all in one run. And like the the stuff it throws at you is like so over the top. Um, but then once you've done it, you don't have to do it mm. again. Um, and then Biome 6 was like not really that hard. Mm. And uh, I beat the game and then there's like some post game stuff where you've got to collect some items and then go and do the final boss again. And just before we did the podcast, I did that. And again, it's just bizarre. Like the, once I beat the game once I booted it up, started going through systematically to pick up um, all of these items that you need to unlock the secret ending. And I didn't get killed once. (laughs) I was just like, this game has suddenly become very easy. It's, it's, you beat it once and you get through like the big sort of like stumbling blocks and then it just opens up a lot and becomes a lot more, I don't know, manageable. So yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I watched Invincible on Amazon Prime. Mm. Have you watched it? Have no, you heard of it? I watched it. I've heard of it though. It's roughly, it's an, it's an animated series. It's based on, it's, um, Robert Kirkman, the guy who created The Walking mm. Dead, it's one of his like comic series um, about uh, like a teenage superhero whose dad is like a Superman type yeah. figure. Um, and I won't say anything more than that. <laughs> it starts off like, oh, it's an animated series and it's kind of got like a sort of Dragon Ball Z-ish kind of animation style. It's got an incredible voice cast like Steven Yoon is um is invincible the main character JK Simmons plays Omni-Man his dad it's got Jason Manzukas it's got Jillian Jacobs mm. it's got uh, uh Zazie Beetz it's got Seth Rogen um Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty shows mm. up. Uh, Ezra Miller's got a little cameo in it. Uh, it's got so many like really good uh, actors yeah. in it. And it starts off as like a really sort of like, it just seems like a generic superhero show until you get to the end of the first episode and something happens that makes you go, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, I found the first half a little sort of like, nah, fine, it's okay. And I dropped off and then I heard people talking about how good it was. So I went back and I kept watching, I think from like episode six, it's eight episodes long and each episode is like an hour. From about episode, I don't know, like six onwards, it really starts to sort of crank up and get a lot more interesting. And then the final two episodes are astounding like excellent very very good definitely uh recommend it um i'll give it a watch sounds really good yeah it's fucking great and like stick with it because it's about a teenager who like discovers he's got superpowers so and it has that sort of like it's a big chunk of it is like teen sort of drama i I think i've got a bit of an app an appetite for something like that at the minute though yeah i think you'd i think you'd enjoy it actually um just based on things i know you like casual entry and then something that'll get a bit more serious i even watched i watched mortal kombat last night and i was like i'm enjoying this a little bit something just a bit naff 
Invincible is a lot better than that, though. Yeah. Like, Invincible, like, especially stick with it till you get to the final two episodes. The final two episodes are, like, jaw-dropping. Mm. Like, just fantastic. Yeah. And it, it, that those are, the, those are the points where you really, um, like, you appreciate the voice cast because J.K. Simmons is just fucking great in it. I mean, he's great in everything, but he, he's very, very good in it. So, yeah. Yeah. Invincible, Amazon Prime. Good show. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I think that is it. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at, at ButtonChopsPod. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review as it helps out massively. And if you want to get in touch, you can just message us on social media or email us at buttonchopspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at, at @bezusfafoon, and that's it. Mm. I'm not plugging anything else this week because I haven't been making YouTube videos or streaming or anything. So you're just a, you're just a man, you're just a person. I am. I'm just just a bog stand. I'm standard issue human being doing standard issue human being things like a boring job. <laughs> <laughs> anything you want to add? No, my Instagram and Twitter is clever woot. Um, yeah, I'm also okay. a normal man. <laughs> <laughs> Two normal men just doing normal men things. <laughs> hey, right. Well, that's it. Bye. See ya.